I really want it to be 80s newscaster music. This show is not allied with any sect, denomination, political entity, organization, or institution, does not engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any cause, neither do we. We're not affiliated with Al-Anon or any other 12-step program. The opinions expressed here are strictly of the person who gave them. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. Hi, I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. Hey, this this is is Crosstalk. Back with another exciting episode. I know. Uh, this time, I think we'll be on time every two weeks. We're gonna we're gonna nail the next one. This one's I gonna be scheduled. I don't know why you're giving our listeners expectations. <laughs> um, I hear they lead to resentment. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna get current first because Do it. yours yours is probably gonna be more fun than mine. Probably um, not. Yeah, I just uh, I just looked on Instagram and a friend of mine posted. An obituary for a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a long time who just died of cancer, mm-hmm. I guess, yesterday or today. And mm-hmm. I hadn't seen her in a while. Um, and she was probably one of my first business colleagues ever. I was like 21 years old. She was really sweet. And she was really like the warm motherly center of that office. Um, and kind of showed me, this is the entertainment business I was in, kind of showed me how you could be a good person and be in that business. And just was a really, really lovely human that I, you know, ran into every couple of years and always loved running into. And we saw each other on Instagram, but I hadn't seen anything. And as I was talking to some of people who told me about it, you know, she didn't post anything about it. She didn't talk about it. She didn't complain about it, but she's been battling cancer for five years. And I guess she just died. I mean, it's in variety and everything today. And it it was just, um, it was interesting. Well, the recovery part of it was, I felt sad instantly. Like I felt sad and then I felt like, am I actually sad? What is this actually about? Is it about me? I'm like, no, it's just sad that this person that I used to know and love passed. And I just started crying and I just went to the living room and sat down and was with my dog and was crying and my partner gave me some sparkling water and then left me alone. And, you know, it's not, I'm not horribly depressed. This isn't one of my best friends that I've seen forever, but I was genuinely sad. And what I really love is how much I can just feel it when it's time to feel it like right away and the recovery is you know for me I feel this like seven years later like in an ashram or something like when I worked for a weekend to like finally get myself down to some level of emotion and I could just have my emotions every day all day long and they aren't intimidating to me and they aren't intimidating to my partner and that's how I live my life now so I appreciate that I've created that space um so that's my big current well, firstly, I'm really sorry to hear that, and I'm my condolences to you. And it's really such a bummer, um, I think, to find those things out, you know, kind of offhandedly or not know. It, it, and for me, I think it it didn't doesn't anymore, but it used to bring up that like, well, if I had known dot 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 thing, and it's just like, if I'd known what, you know, right? Or like we would have had a different relationship. I would have seen her more. We clearly were not destined to be daily in each other's lives, and and right. and we were at one point, you know, right, right. So, you know, God's got all that. Um, and feeling feelings in real time is so great. That's kind of my experience today. I was supposed to work today, but my business partner wasn't here. We both needed to be here to do the work we were going to do. And 
and then I try to do some site visits, but nobody, everybody's being a little bitch and like wouldn't fucking let me go do a site visit. And, but here's the real thing is that although, uh, you know, I don't identify as a woman, I have female anatomy and I have like had the most terrible cramps I've ever had in my entire life today. They were so bad that I like couldn't get out of bed to get ibuprofen this morning. I've never experienced that ever. And um, both of my siblings, both of my sisters have had hysterectomies due to like, you know, cystic by my one sister has cystic fibrosis, like blah, 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 whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like 36, I'm getting older. They're both older than me, 11 years and 13 years older than me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like the upside is like, I get to, I, th- I have a lot of resources for information that are literally from people that are the same biology as me. So that's really cool. Um, and you know, I got to be in recovery of like not trying to fix an it or do more than I could do, even though I did not like, you know, a big part of me was just so like, uh, didn't like that I wasn't working today, was really upset about that, was just like really mad about that. And I was like, you know, and I was like talking to my sister and I was like, I just need permission to like lay on the couch and that that's okay. I just need somebody else to say, it's fine if all you do is lay on the couch today. You know, and I think, and cause she was like talking to me and being really great and supportive, but also like giving me all this information that I didn't really fucking want today. And, <laughs> Just like, you're great. I'm happy to have it. But I also was like, you know, but my recovery was that I just said, hey, can you just tell me that it's okay if all I do is lay on the couch? And she was like, 1000%. It's okay if all you do is lay on the couch, you know? And um, I still feel like a piece of shit that I, <laughs> that I lay on the couch most of the day, but like, it's actually fine. I know in, in, in my human that it's, it's actually great that I did that for myself because I have a really big physical work day tomorrow and it's really taxing and exhausting, um, for me days like this. So what are, it feels like a really lame get current too, but there you have it. That's my get current for the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, what I heard when I shared and, and when I, it's like, well, God's got all that. And obviously I think that's what you're saying there too. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today is, um, step seven, um, which is, uh, really turning (laughs) it over on the next level (laughs) and the process by which we do, um, get, uh, let God have it. And we have a really amazing guest. She's one of my favorites from the rooms and uh her name is sienna and she's here today hi hi how are you welcome welcome Thanks. how how would you like your time seven and three seven and three honored All to right. be here thank you Great. um i've been sitting in my seven step for a while but let me just back up i've done my seven set twice um And as I was doing my sixth, I realized that six and seven really are like a bridge. And one, two, three, four, five is your past. And you go six, seven over the bridge to your future. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And these two, this freaking bridge, (laughs) I am telling you, I don't know about you, but I'm scared of heights. 
Um, there are a few bridges I've been over that I'm like, please, Jesus, I just, I want to get off this thing right now. I think I'm going to die. Um, so, you know, Bridges and I, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. And, um, I was reading a little bit, you know, brushing up on my seventh step, which I should be doing every day. Maybe it would go a little quicker, you know, because it, it says that, um, you know, that our job is to cooperate with God and then move on to step eight. Really? What is cooperating with God? What is that? What does that look like? Right now, it's me trying to cross this freaking bridge. And I'm scared to death. And I get a little headway and, you know, I go back. And then it says in here, I'm reading out of um, Paths to Recovery, that... Um, we find we are given countless opportunities to see our requests answered in the removal of our shortcomings. So meaning that I just keep repeating the same old thing. And then it, then it inspires me to have a little chuckle at myself for, you know, catching myself doing the same old patterns that I should be laughing about it. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm, that resistance. You know, I wrote a whole bunch of things down before I started this with you guys. There's some shit that I just can't let go of. And like one of the things I'm really struggling with is, is making others or someone else my higher power. Um, and it's because I'm just so afraid to trust the unknown, you know, um, turn it over to God and then we can move on to the eighth step, right? Um, yeah, humility. Yeah, I'm, um, my job is to cooperate with God. You know, it was, it was easy to cooperate with God when I was a little girl because it just came naturally. This little voice was on my shoulder and it would just shield me from all the, the nastiness that was going on. It was like my little pal. And I trusted it. I never questioned it. I'm, it would just talk to me. Don't go, don't go that way. Go this way. Uh, just it was just always right there this comfort and sorry about that and um, somehow it left around the age of seven this audible comfort this this thing that was hovering over my shoulder and that was the day I was baptized in born-again Christianity and um, looking out at my mother and her <clears throat> weird boyfriend thinking, wow, this is what God is. You know, all this church and all these people doing all this stuff. And I just lost myself 
and um, I lost that confidence. And so I guess this journey on this bridge is learning to trust what I understand God to be for me. And, you know, I feel like I'm obligated to trust the evidence of God in my life at this point, at this juncture. And even though I just feel like I'm so stuck and so in this holding pattern and am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing? Like, oh my God, it's just a total nightmare that I'm putting myself through. You know, when I first got in the rooms, I heard um, my mind is like a dark room and it likes to develop negatives. And um, (laughs) I mean, hello, that is my defect. Um, I am the crime of assumption. If, If I don't know what's going on, trust me, I will tell a story to myself and it is figured out and it's not a good one. The other thing I heard was um, early on is be yourself because everyone else is taken. And, you know, that just tells me that I have to accept who and what I am. And that maybe if I could just remember I'm on a bridge and I'm not going to fall. You know, if I could just trust in that and that it's a bridge, it's not a person, it's not a job, it's not my bank account, it's not COVID, it's not America, it's not Brazil, it's the bridge of Al-Anon, it's the bridge of the word that I choose to elevate my life with. Um... So step seven, if you're on it or have been through it or going to get to it, (laughs) I highly encourage you to stick with it and know that I'm scared shitless on this bridge. I'm not getting off. I'm going to walk this fucker with my toes if I have to. (laughs) And I'm going to really try to let myself off the hook because... It says in here as well, you know, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And that's one of my biggest defaults. Like, I want to arrive. Can we just arrive already? You know, and who's to say that I haven't? Who's to say that I haven't arrived? A hundred times. And I will arrive a hundred times more, hopefully. God willing. So, you know, God forgive me because I am doubtful. I'm the doubting Tom or whoever that was in, in, in some saying somewhere long ago. Um, but <laughs> I do trust the evidence of my own life because I come from the ashes. And I have a pretty good life today. So take your time. Don't rush yourself. If you're in the sixth and seventh step, it is to me... <sighs> the most profound process of this, these 12 steps, you know, because it really is shedding this old skin. I am a lobster and I'm fucking naked right now, hiding 
under a rock until my other shell grows. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fucking dark and depressing and also encouraging. I'm like one of your best guests, right? <laughs> This is where I'm at today. You know, I'm fucking, they, these guys made me turn off my air conditioning. I'm fucking sweating. And, um, <laughs> it's fucking 90 degrees in Sherman Oaks. It's fucking pit hole. Anyways, I'm grateful to be alive. My rent's paid. My car's paid for, and I have excellent health and sometimes a sound mind. Thank you for letting me. Thank you, Sienna. Uh, what a beautiful lead. Oh. Yay. I love all the cussing, too. Welcome to the cussing show because we cussed. Uh, and people we were like, can I cuss on the show? And I'm like, yeah. We're, we're like, cussing. fuck yes. <laughs> Zarina, that's my mother's name. I call her Zarina because, you know, she's just, that's who she is first and foremost. You got to right size things in your life. But um, she was a cursor. Yeah. yeah. Well, it turns out cursing, there's a lot of studies that makes means you're more intelligent, actually. Oh, true. really? It's a yes. sign of intelligence. Yes. yes. Are you serious? Oh, yes. my yes, God. I, I, I tell everyone that, that in my ego. Oh, owning that. Yeah. Mind, blo- mind we're, blown. We're just so smart. We're just so smart. We're so I'm smart gonna- that we just, we need more vocabulary words. That's, we can't. We can't be without any of the vocabulary words. That's how smart we are, including all the fucking curse words. Like, don't deprive us of this shit. Don't do it. I'm going to Google, like, how we can make a bumper sticker, our own bumper stickers, and put that on so I can just educate the rest of the world. It could be like, I'm fucking smart. Duh. Like, (laughs) I'm cussing them out because they're not driving right. I I really I really loved your your talking about it. First of all, you're the first guest that's ever I feel like written the title. Like this has to be called like the Bridge of Alanon or whatever. Like yeah, what a beautiful analogy. What a beautiful mm-hmm. analogy. And love taking it. us through that. So I God love that. What I what I love the open most with the beginning is how it ends, right? Like just do step seven and then go on to step eight, right? It sounds so simple. And it reminds me of a simple program for complicated people. And then you talked about all the ways in which we complicate ourselves, right? So I'm wondering, and I know a lot of your backstory, and I don't know how much you want to share on a podcast, but like, do you, you know, where do you feel like that complication comes from? And and is there anything in your in your story that you want to share that sort of sets you up for how you get to a place where you are at a bridge and afraid of crossing it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll just be straight up. My parents didn't love me. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't love me. And it was an alcoholic, drug-infested, mental illness home. And it really shook my self-confidence. I mean, I a lot of times I wasn't fed. I was always drugged to parties, drug around, be out all night, be so tired. I just remember asking people, can I go home? With Can I come live with you? You know, I just never felt safe. Hence that little, that, that presence that was with me and got me through. Um, I didn't have a bed, you know, I just slept in an empty room and there was um, uh, a blanket. There was a blanket. That's all I remember. I remember it was red or rust color. And um, so 
you know, I, I remember my mom had a, had a lot of friends and she was a singer and they would come over and they'd want me to dance on a stool. And I was, this is before I moved to California. I was born in DC. And um, so we moved to California when I was six. So I must've been, I don't know, maybe three or four, probably four. And I dance and they'd all be, you know, just, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. uh, my mother would just be sitting there with her cigarette, just staring at me with the, with the look of hate. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw, when I saw that, I truly felt afraid. Like, why do, what am I, why don't you like me? What, what's wrong? What, mm. what, what, and I'm in the motion of like everyone else, absolutely polar, polar opposite. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time I felt shame. I felt the people pleaser come in. I felt my life in danger, you know, um, Serena had a border personality. So there was a personality in there that really wanted me dead. And growing up with a parent like that, I never knew what I was going to get. I just never knew what I was going to get. And I learned to navigate this person. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've been burnt. I've been, (laughs) all kinds of shit has happened. So... Mm-hmm. It is. Who the fuck do you trust when you when 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 that person who's put on this earth to teach you love lets you know real quick you cannot trust them with your life, and you know I mean, that I... inherently as a as a kid, you know you just you know it, and then you just you learn the tiptoe. You learn to tip the fucking toe. Yeah. I think that's what's always inspired me about your recovery in some ways. And thank you for sharing that is because I I hear, you know, you've come from a very, from a different place. You've gone to have this much recovery, this much joy, this much I've seen you um, have this beautiful, joyful, like personality and to have have gotten there, I I assume a large part due to Al-Anon. Um, given your story, I think it's really, really beautiful. And I think I'm glad you shared it. Um, I don't know, Claire, if you had any thoughts on that before I move on to what else I was going to talk about. But I wonder, like, you know, you said there's some shit I can't let go of, you know, and I think about Mm -hmm. that a lot when I think about step seven and will I be able to let go of it? And what I love about step seven is it's kind of like step two, which I remind my sponsees all the time, like, you don't have to believe in God yet. You just have to choose to believe, you know, it's, you know, it's to come to believe, right? You don't have to do it yet. You don't have to actually do the giving. And what step seven to your point is, right? Like, you just have to humbly ask, right? Isn't that, I mean, that's the beginning of the process. It's not even, the result isn't built into the, the step yet, right? Just do step eight. So I think that's what's interesting to me here. Yeah, it's just the willingness to be willing, you know, and it's like, I felt the willingness to be willing all day today, just the willingness to be willing to not do something. Hmm. It's like, so it's like, so, you know, contradictory to even like the verbiage of it is like, it feels like a double negative, you know? Um, 
I thought it was alcoholism is so fascinating to me or any addiction really growing up within addiction or within um, distorted thinking within chaos uh, you know because it doesn't have to be you know you said your mother has a mental had a mental illness and um, so it's so it doesn't have to be so obvious as as alcoholism right and because I grew up with parents and two siblings that I don't know if they love anybody more than the way that they love me other than my niece. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel less loved than I know she is. (laughs) And, um, I think that that's really what breaks my heart around this disease that because it is a family disease, but also gives me so much hope is that it does not matter where any of us come from. It is irrelevant. We all have this, we all have different stories, but it has all, you know, the effects of it are the same. Um, and the steps work, you know, when we do them, they really work when we, sh- we show up and do them. You know, we go to meetings to feel better. We, we do the steps to get better. Um, and I just loved, I just loved everything about your lead and, you know, your vulnerable share. It's, I, and I really relate to being the um, performer, to performing, mm-hmm. you know, like I was the youngest for a really long time. And it was, uh, I was really good at making sure people are happy. Mm-hmm. You know, cause if you're happy, then I'm okay, then I'm safe. If you're happy, then maybe you won't do the other thing that's super scary and like my life's in danger. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe maybe there's no guarantee but it's worth a shot maybe, but maybe if you look over here you know yeah um and it's so interesting because i think i felt my dad give me that look too that look mm-hmm. of i'm so you know and it's in his disease that i've ex- that i experienced that look and i think it's like this jealousy of like um existing or something it's so deep and primal of like and it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying but i really related to that moment i was like oh i've seen that look yeah i've never seen it from my mom i've seen it from my dad so many times and it's like oh cool we're not competing dude you know (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not competing with you, so, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah. Deep. Yeah. That's really deep. How do you be humble? I mean, I think to circle it back around, you know, it's like the step is humbly asked him, humbly asked the higher power to remove our shortcomings. So it's like, how do I humbly do anything when I'm raised in an environment that uh, humility equals death? You know, it's like humility or death. I'll take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. I think that's a Monty Python sketch. Like, yeah, it's something or death. It's something or death. Cake or death. Yeah, cake or death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is humility equals death. So it's a yeah, yeah. different skit. But um, you 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 picked up what I was. How, how how do you become humble, Sienna? How have you how have you found yourself? to that feeling, to that place. You know, I have to honestly say that 
God's got to know what we've all been through and go through and completely struggles where we're trying to eradicate. Um, so I think asking is just enough, Mm. you know, like the courage to ask that's humility in itself. And there is no right way to do it because I'll be psyched. I'll say, God, please help me, motherfucking fuck. Like, you know, and then I'm right back into it. And then I'll be like, okay, God, please help me. <laughs> help. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, it is the seesaw until it's not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. it's like, um, it's an opportunity, I guess, to keep asking. And when it, when, when it is, um, changed, um, cause I believe, you know, when something comes up, it's bothering you when it comes up, it's coming up to be healed, but mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if healing is like anything other than learning to love the parts of you that are broken and those parts may never be fixed, but if you love them, they're no longer sick. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically just shifting your perception. It's not broken. It's loved, right? Like you can just change. The- well, it's broken, but it doesn't mean that it's unlovable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. And so, you know, that's one of the things that Al-Anon gave to me to help me to stop abandoning myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, when something doesn't go my way, I, of course, well, I'm not good enough. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, it's me. I don't get, the, I don't get to this. It, uh, you know, I didn't get the family. I, I'm just not normal. Whatever. Whatever the story is, we all got the story. Yeah. That is brokenness. And that is whatever adult, whatever higher self I have within myself needs to go back to that time, to that age, to that moment and say, I love you. I got you. I'm going to take you with me. It's all right. You're all right. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm. And, and when you learn to love your brokenness, I think it's not as painful. But that brokenness, because you believed it was your fault, you believe something was detrimentally wrong with you, that's a reprogramming. That is the disease of perception. That is what my parents taught me. Or that's what I took from their behavior. Right. And, you know, I couldn't be intelligent as a kid. I knew something was wrong. But I, I couldn't say, well, fuck you. You guys are fucking whack. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll be at kindergarten if you need me. Who's going to do that? No, what you do is you say, I'm going to die if I don't survive this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you tell yourself the lie over and over and over again. Oh, it's going to get better. Oh, she loves me. Oh, you know, I didn't really mean that or. Oh, you know, you keep the secrets. You're as sick as your secrets. We hide what we know and what we feel. Isn't that what it says? We hide what we know and what we feel. And you make a fantasy land. Mm -hmm. 
Shit, I didn't even, about, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was saying when you're talking about on this bridge, right? Like, do you feel like crossing this bridge to the future is the moment you're getting closer to God or the moment you're getting closer to yourself or both? But it's, you know, do you feel like you trusted God to get here and now you're kind of trusting yourself to go across that bridge or is no, it really I more of a relationship with God? Same. Yeah, I, I think it's one and the same. I think, you know, God's perception of me is is not what one, two, three, and four, and five is about. Is about, is about you know, it's about letting go of that shit. It's about re- being restored to sanity. It's about, you know, learning that, you know, people, places, and things, um, you know, will, will drive you crazy. You know, the first step, uh, you know, uh, we admitted we're powerless over alcohol. You know, in my first meetings, it was people, places, and things, and that my life was unmanageable because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just the straight cold truth. And all that, all that stuff has nothing to do with the higher power. You know, mm-hmm. step one, what's making my life un- unmanageable? Got nothing to do with the higher power. Um, step two, it's like giving me some hope that, you know, I can be restored. Mm-hmm. And step three is like getting back into the trust. And then step four is like, okay, this is all this shit that made me think I'm shit. <laughs> and <laughs> then you go and tell it to somebody. And then you're like, okay, let me get back to basics. Yeah. <laughs> we get back yeah. to that, that thing that was on my shoulder that got me through, that got us all mm-hmm. through. Why can't we remember anything before five years old? Oh my God. I don't remember, remember anything. You know, why? I, you, know my philo- you know why I think? I think because you're closer to God then. Interesting. You know, because you were, you were in a different realm. Mm. So, and we needed it to like get through. Mm. And so now it's like, you know, all that stuff happened and it it made an imprint, you know, like put this template on your light. If you're just like a ball of light, somebody just sat this template on top Mm -hmm. of you. And now your light kind of comes out here and over here and over here. Like you were saying, Corey, oh, you're so jovial. Well, honey, it's a thin line between my fucking sanity and my insanity. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) Um, Right, but you show up to the rooms. Yeah. These kinds of things, you know, I'm I'm born to inspire. You know, I'm born, I I have a gift to help. For sure. And and that's what I want to do. And that's what keeps me alive. Mm. You know, and and I'll just say this one last thing. You know, I heard um, someone say something and, and what she had said, she said, you know, when you get that everyone on this planet is here for themselves, and that's not a bad thing, when they are leading from their rockets of desire, their highest self. So if you had a, a, a great mom, just know she's not a great mom because you're this great kid. She's a great mom because it makes her feel good. Totally. And... Yeah. And, and you benefit from it, (laughs) you know, so my, my mom, it didn't make her feel good. Or she didn't know how to access it, you know, (laughs) but I think to your point, to your point, it's like, it's like, uh, I think a lot of great moms 
also great parents or whatever are also really great because they don't want to be bad at it. And that, that back to them feeling good about themselves. Sure. Everything yeah. we do is a, it totally. is a self-seeking thing. It Completely. makes me feel good to be nice to animals, to be nice to people, to, sure. to come on here. It, it's this, I am doing this podcast for me. Thank right. God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gives me this feeling like this, this, this like burst that I only feel in my work or, you know, yes. in certain yes. situations. Yes. And, and, but it's not a bad thing. It is the human condition. It's honesty, right? It's just being we, honest with yes. they are. Yeah. And when you live in a society that says you should have 3.2 kids and a husband and a this and a that, and you should be, you know, you should, mm-hmm. this is who you should marry. And I mean, it just fucks everything up. <laughs> yeah. Because totally you don't want to get to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a good reminder. I mean, I, I think we think of progress, not perfection, but I do think people, especially when I talk to newcomers, are really shocked when they find out there's no arriving. There's, you know, there's no finishing. There's no, I don't think I thought that when I walked in the room that I would just stay forever. You didn't? No, I, I thought, did. you know, we'll Whatever. check it out. I'll be and- different and I don't give a fuck. I came in and I was like, thank fucking God. I was like, thank fucking God. Duh. I motherfucking can come to this place now. For And they said I can come here forever. I was just like, I never have to go. Uh, they keep giving me cookies and coffee. I was just like, can how much Kool-Aid is there to drink? And can I hand it out? Like It's true. You, know, you did Jim Jones it right from the get. I really did. But I think that that reason was, you know, in, in my first meeting, somebody said to me, I still can see her face too. She had this like short little haircut. And it was in a gay meeting. And, and uh, not that that matters. It does matter. It does matter because I felt safe. That's why I went to a gay meeting. And I hadn't gone to a meeting for a long time and I've been wanting to go for years. So I was with a sober alcoholic for like four years and I never went to an Al-Anon meeting because I was terrified. And then we broke up and I was like, I have to go to a meeting right now. And so, (laughs) but I had gone to open AA meetings because I wasn't an alcoholic, see? So it's fine. I could go listen to those fucks and it was fine. Which is great because I think it really primed me for for Alamondo <laughs> too. You know, it was like the preschool of uh, before before the master's program that is Alanon, um, and that is my humble opinion. But you yeah. know, it's is like I came in and was just like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Like if I do this, shit will fucking change because yep. I've seen it. I've yep. seen it happen. I got, I, I had the beautiful opportunity to get to watch it change, you know, with my partner. And, and I was like, okay, okay, it does work. I know it works. So I just got to keep, keep coming here. And so this woman said to me, and I hated her for saying it. I hated it. I was just like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. I already know how this works. So whatever, whatever. But she was, she was like, it was what you had said earlier, Sienna. It was like, she was like, now, if you just take all the attention that you put on people, places, and things and put it on yourself, everything will change. Everything will be great. 
just take and she just like kept saying it and then in my mind i was like are you saying it for you are you saying it for you? <laughs> like, she probably was are you, are you and it, it, it worked you? are you saying it for me are you saying it for yeah. you <laughs> she was I mean, you have sponsies right i mean think how yeah. much you get out oh, of it by you know it's just like it's it's a cold course man it's yes. it's it has to be repeated and it's over I, and over again. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> I know, I said doing it's that not with a today. Yeah. We were reading is, a step and he's like, I read this twice before. I'm like, well, I've been taught we have to read the step together before you start working it. That's how I was taught. So we have to do it. And he's like, I got so much out of it, this reading. And I'm like, I don't know why it works. It seems dumb. I've read it a million go. times too, but something yeah. happened when we both read this graph by graph together over the freaking phone today out of this old book and something yes. happens. I don't know why. Yes. It isn't so much as learning something as it is remembering, you know, and that's why we repeat. We repeat. It's a practice. It's a spiritual yeah. practice. Mm-hmm. That's Thank it. God. Spiritual practice. I'd be so dead right now if I didn't have this spiritual practice. I would, you know. Me it was too. too much. It was too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love what I you said. The that... gym and practice as much as I practice this program. This is really <laughs> helping me. Right? You'd be Serena Williams. <laughs> I... You would. You'd be Serena Williams if you did the gym so as much high. as you do, Alan. I would be just like real. You'd be at Wimbledon. I would <laughs> just like. <laughs> but as Sienna pointed out, which I love, is that you said we have countless opportunities to see to see our requests answered. Countless. Yeah. Which is what I think is so great because. Yeah. I, yeah. There are certain things that I can't imagine ever being able to fully let go of. And I know that one day they will be, or they won't, it doesn't really matter, but I'll be given countless opportunities if I want it to see it. That's right. To find a way That's out right. if I want it bad enough. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. It's like, it's almost like you have to go down to go up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. at, at, every, at every mountain you're on the top of, <laughs> there's... <laughs> Here's the bottom. You guys you can't stay up there forever. Yeah. So no. I just say don't leave before the miracle and there's more than one. God, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Infinite. I don't know. You know, I'm such a squishy little forest gnome and I'm just like constantly <laughs> Corey calls me lamb biscuit face sometimes, which means Aww. nothing. But it sounds nice. Doesn't it sound sweet? It does. She took the little <laughs> lamb. <laughs> it sounds like a teddy bear or something. It's just like, oh, I agree. Lamb. It's lamb. cute. Just this little lamb biscuit face. Uh, and I'm like, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, I, I do believe that I have a predisposed condition to see beautiful things to see that of which is beautiful within something that is not. Um, Like I've probably called dirt beautiful before, like, you know, Um, and I understand that everybody doesn't have that, you know? Yeah. Um, And also it's just like, I see so much. I'm able to receive, I am able to receive because I'm not trying to do all this shit outside of my hula hoop. So I'm able to just sit and absorb and, and enjoy and feel fulfilled. And, you know, because I'm not distracted by that, which is none of my fucking business, uh, <laughs> you know, 
I do know. Yeah. I know you know because you have that smile that's the same smile. <laughs> the smile of I know. Uh-huh, it, that smile of like, look at that butterfly. Wait, you know, shaking their heads. Everybody gets it. They get it. You realize you're not alone. But you are alone. I mean, that's the great irony. Right? Like, we don't want to go there. Yet for the well, but, yeah, you know, this is the acceptance, you know? It's, yeah. you know, it's all balance, you know, checks and well, balance, I guess. It's kind of like how people come, my, the way I came to my higher power, you know, at first it had to be like a headboard and then it had to be like my brother who died and then eventually, but I think, you know, we keep evolving, right? And it becomes, I mean, we were talking about this in the last pod, like Claire was like, I just realized that nothing means anything and it's all made up. So none of it really matters. Like when you get to that level of detachment, right? Where it's just like, yeah, um, that was my experience and it's just as relevant as any other experience. And there's just literally nothing else to say about it. Um, That's so interesting you say that. I, I love that um, journey, Corey. And I, I, I often say to people or any sponsee that's having trouble with a higher power, I say, you know, just let just let the air be your higher power. Oh my god. That's how gentle. That's that's mm. and you need it every second. And it's not telling mm. you every it's not like, hey, I'm God, get in there and get out. Get in, get out. You know? No. <laughs> it's, it's just there. It's like it is second it is your nature. And it's it's you can't see it, you can't grasp it, but it keeps you alive. That's even it better. I love the idea of let's see. You know, when you take that big breath, like what happens when we meditate? Like it's just, it's the sauce, man. It's 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 HP all day and all night. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So you have a re- a reading that relates to this to uh, cap I soccer. do. I do. It's short today. Oh, um, that's good. Is, we got some. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. They're usually just longer because I like to read. And spoiler, I like to hear myself read out loud. <laughs> okay. Okay. That explains a lot. There you go. That's why I'm picking those long readings. <laughs> All right. Go on and get a girl. I know okay. it's going to speak to me. My ears are wide open. Okay. This little shorty is out of how Elanon works for families of friends and alcoholics, which is um, our big book, essentially. And this is on page 157, which is the section that is Lois's story. So she has little um, things to say for each step. So, Who's Lois in case you've never heard of Al-Anon before? Oh my god, sure. So Lois is Bill's wife. And so Bill is? Bill. 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 <laughs> you two fucks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so Bill started AA. Dr. Bill started AA with uh, another dude. I remember the... Why don't we ever remember the other guy's fucking name? That seems messed up to me. <laughs> Poor guy. Like he should get some credit too, but he's the one that was going and getting Bill out of the bars and stuff. Because only another alcoholic can save another alcoholic, in case you didn't know. 
So just stop going to the bar if you're going and trying to get your girlfriend out of the bar. It's not going to work. <clears throat> but anyways, that's beside the point and not in the reading. So I'll get back to the reading. <laughs> that's <laughs> not in the literature. Don't go so, to the bar. You ain't going to work. That would be great if that was a quote. <laughs> it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. I tried many times. I tried it. It ain't going to work. There's something in this scenario for some reason. <laughs> Um. All right. Then I might feel like I should read more about about Lois, but but I'm not going to. Okay. So step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. To which I say humbly asked, your, you know, however you, doesn't have to be a him. Whatever your higher power is, humbly asked your higher power to remove our shortcomings. Humble was a word I never fully understood. It used to seem. It used to seem servile to me today it means seeing myself in true relation to my fellow man and to god while striving for humility myself it was inspiring to see my husband's growth in the same direction from an inferiority ridden person during his drinking days bill and aa at first bounced way up to superiority but then leveled off and gained very real humility slowly and with difficulty, I realized I, too, had been beset by both inferiority and superiority. Superiority over Bill in the old days while he was drinking, and then inferiority to him as he made rapid progress in AA. Mm. That's what she says about step seven. Interesting. So, it is so interesting because... Um, I don't know. I thought it was it, it was good to read this because you know it's because of Lois that we have Aladon. Just mm. uh, in case we don't know the history of Lois, and you know she was like, all these old dudes that are alcoholics have their meeting that they go to, you know, and obviously this is a, a, a not a, an exact quote of her feelings but this is the general gist and she was like i want my own thing fuck this shit they're gonna go do their thing i'm gonna go go do my thing with my girls and it used to be like you know all the guys and the girls and blah, blah, blah. and uh but that's how alan started and so she's she's she started our program which is you know from the steps of aa right and so it's interesting to hear her talk to me to hear her talk about and there's so much of her story in this book which is so lovely her perspective of you know really like allowing the alcoholic to teach you is what i get from that which takes humility right and it's like really allowing anyone to teach you i think takes humbleness and curiosity and mm. um and i think that in some ways you know, I think I've made the alcoholic my higher power many, many, many times. And so to humbly ask my actual higher power to remove my shortcomings is so is so honest when I'm able to really do it, you know. And again, there's no expectation of a delivery of that. Uh, it's just that I'm asking. It's just that I'm asking. And usually in my experience, the opportunity can be very obscure uh, to remove that shortcoming. Um, what about you? What about you two? Do you find that the opportunities you receive to remove your shortcomings, to have your shortcomings removed, have they been really direct, obvious <laughs> experiences? 
or have they had a nuance to them about <laughs> unbeliever movie to shortcomings? I mean, I, I'll, I'm curious what Sam has to say. I think, no, mine haven't been very direct. I mean, sometimes they're very lightning bolt, you know, very okay. clear. Um, but I would say mostly, I mean, that's what I think about Alan. I would say mostly they're not direct. Mostly they are, I'm just being presented, like you said, all these opportunities to get what I asked for and I will miss 99 of them, but one of them will get through. And I feel like sometimes I do feel like sometimes they are quick and easy mm-hmm. and I'm assuming the ones that I keep resisting and ignoring are the ones that probably hit me much harder later on when it's mm-hmm. time for them to be moved. Mm-hmm. What's your experience? You know? Well, I mean, just doing the six and seven step and coming to the realization of the bridge, like leaving the past, or, you know, my opportunity to, to move into a different type of life, mm-hmm. um, you know, without doing those two steps, you know, I didn't even really realize that that life was weird or off or not what life, that life could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I really wanted to say is that the only, and it says it in the big book, the only cure to alcoholism is a spiritual solution. Mm-hmm. What yes. I what I what I feel like, you know, Bill and Bob were doing were like they were willing to dig deep uh, to to get to some sort of recovery through a spiritual solution. So they had this group and they talked honestly about what's making them opposite of spiritual or feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I think Lois, you know, she went and did the the same thing. Like, well, mm-hmm. I'm ailed too. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, you know, they're having so much, um, success. Let me apply it to the overthinker mm-hmm. and the, the, the people, you know, the overthinker. And so they they both are doing the same thing just with, with it from a different perspective, but with the same spiritual solution. And they're also mm-hmm. both doing one's the, one's the tail, you know? Now we, mm-hmm. we, we, we Al-Anons and the alcoholics, we could fight about who's the head and who's the tail, but one doesn't <laughs> exist without the other. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. get off your high horse. Don't compete and just know we're all in this together. We're all very, very sick and very, and have an amazing opportunity to be very healed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems Together. like a perfect way to end this podcast. That's a beautiful sentiment. Thank you, Sienna. Yeah, I love it. And Bob, thanks for. Bob. And Bob. Shout out to Bob. Goddamn Bob. Bob. Bobby boy. Lois and Bill and Bob and Lois. Come on. <laughs> Billy Pablo. <laughs> Billy Pablo. I love that. Billy Bob. They're cracking up right now. Yeah. OMG. Go have a cocktail. Just kidding. (laughs) Or do. You can. Some of you may be having one right now. Uh, It's none of our business. Um, Well, thank you for joining us today and to everyone at home. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. It works if you work it. And And you're you're worth worth it. it. I'm worth it. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Thank Thank you. you.
This podcast is produced by Claire and Corey. Original music by Austin Bunn. Original Crosstalk logo by Jonathan Grant. Thanks to all our listeners, and keep coming back. Thank you.